0: worship God with gladness, and come into God's presence with song. Dear friends, Reverend Sundermeyer and Reverend Worth, distinguished members of the clergy, and so many friends in the congregation today, it's hard to tell if I'm at the temple or First Church. (laughs) How good it is truly when brothers and sisters can dwell together in harmony. It's really good to be in church this morning. And it is my sacred privilege and honor to bring greetings today on behalf of your family at the temple. We have been neighbors and friends for more than 150 years. And we are ecstatic that you have reached this precious moment in time. And so this prayer God of our ancestors, in celebration, we come together this morning to offer praise to you, our rock and our redeemer. Your steadfast love supports all generations. You give us strength and endow us with the willingness and determination to continue the great work of First Presbyterian Church, which began 175 years ago. With your guidance, founding leaders placed their faith in you, laboring to make their name sacred. That we might come together at this time, and those founders' efforts, they were not in vain. Through their prayers and their example, so many in our community have been brought closer to you, O God. May our recollections of these 175 years of those who led before us. Stir us to meet our duties with renewed vigor and strength. Confirm us in our hope, strengthen the devotion of those whose passion may have faded. As a united people, may each work to preserve this heritage so that it continues to bring joy and strengthen future generations. We ask your blessing, O God, for our dearest of friends. May this holy community continue to grow and flourish, that through our word and through our deed, we may serve you and sanctify your holy name. And on this occasion, like Abraham, may you have the courage to embark on new and exciting journeys. Like Isaac, may you embrace our world with love Like Jacob, may you wrestle with the challenges and triumph to be blessed. Like Sarah, may your years be filled only with joy and laughter. Like Rebecca, may you continue to be so helpful to others along the journey. Like Rachel, may you be loved by all who meet you. And like Leah, may you be blessed by the love of this family including your temple family, who will always cherish each of you. Amen. I was asked to read the words of Psalm 102, beginning with verse 12, both in Hebrew and in English. Yemai katzel natui <speaking> va'ani ka'esev ivash <in> v'ata Adonai le'olam teshev <Hebrew> v'zichracha ledur v'adur, Atatakum kum terakem sion ki lechnana kivamo aid ki ratsu avdecha et avaneha, the et arpa lechoneninu, the goyim goim et shem adonai, the whole alcheha aretz et kvodecha, ki vana adonai tsion nira bihfo do pana el tafilats haarar. Velovaza et tefilatam Tikatev zot Ledur Acharon Vagam Nivra Yahalelia Kihish Kif Mimorom Kod Adonai Mishamayim El Eretz Hibit Lishmoa Enakat Asir Lefateach Bene Timunata L'saper Bitsion Shem Adonai Uthilato biru shalam My days are like the lengthening shadow and I am withered like grass but you O God sit enthroned forever and your name unto all generations you will arise and have compassion upon Zion for it is time to be gracious unto her for the appointed time is come for your servants take pleasure in her stones and love her dust so the nations will fear the name of God and all the kings of the earth your glory. When the eternal has built up Zion, when God has appeared in God's glory, when God has regarded the prayer of the destitute and not despised their prayer, this shall be written for the generation to come and a people which shall be created shall praise the eternal. For God has looked down from the height of God's sanctuary, from heaven did the eternal behold the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, that all may tell of the name of the eternal in Zion and God's praise in Jerusalem.
1: Thank you, Rabbi Berg. Now our New Testament lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter five, verses one through 14. This can be found on page four in the Pew Bible if you wanna read along with me. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray.
2: Lord, break open your word afresh to us this day so that we would be transformed even to be more like your son, Jesus the Christ, and to walk in his way, amen. A few years ago, a a college student was walking down Peachtree Street right outside of our sanctuary. Uh, She was going through a very difficult uh, season in her life, and I'm sure you know seasons of difficulty in your own life. You know what it's like when uh, fear or shame or anger or confusion or pain or grief or consequences consume you, and you would do anything to get help. You'd do anything to find some relief. Well, that was the kind of moment that, that she was living in, She did not grow up in a Christian home. She had never attended a Christian worship service before in her entire life, which made her instinct to go inside a church a bit unexpected. She even surprised herself when she asked one of our pastors, would it be okay if I just go and sit in your sanctuary for just a little while? The pastor was gracious and hospitable as she led her to the empty sanctuary. The woman took a seat in one of the pews in the dark and she kept silence. And as she sat there, something came over her that she'd never experienced before. She had the overwhelming sense of the presence of Christ in her midst. It was a mystical encounter, where she not only knew Christ was was near to her, but she also knew that Christ was speaking to her, speaking words of love and care and grace and peace, speaking right into the situation that she was facing. It was a transformational moment. It was a life-changing moment. She went back to her campus and started reading the scriptures and doing everything that she could on her own to learn the faith. Then COVID happened. Two years of it, and like many of you, she tuned in weekly to our live stream or on-demand broadcast. Just a few months ago, she showed up for a new members class. This was the first time that I had ever met her, and it was the first time that I heard her story, the story that I just shared with you. She professed her faith in front of the session, let the session know of her desire to be baptized, and this past November, at one of our chapel services, in the eight o'clock hour, we baptized her in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And candidly, it was one of the ministry highlights for me in this past year. In Psalm 102.18, the author writes this, Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created, or in our version of the text, a people yet unborn may praise the Lord. The this to which the psalmist refers is the fidelity and faithfulness of God from generation to generation. The this to which the psalmist refers is the way the name of the Lord endures forever. When those 19 Presbyterian settlers in the newly created town of Atlanta answered the Spirit's call 175 years ago, a call to launch a congregation that first met in a shanty schoolhouse-like structure with a part-time borrowed preacher from the Decatur Presbyterian Church. I believe those 19 Christians were living into the essence of this song. Their response to God's faithfulness and their response to the Spirit's call to start a congregation would not only bless their fellowship, it would not only bless their fellowship, but bless generations to come. People yet to be born who would and will one day know God and come to humbly follow Jesus Christ in and through this body. People like that new member whose story I just shared, people like you and people like me people who have come to faith, who've been challenged in faith, who are growing in faith through this congregation. I'd like to believe that our founders were not only thinking about their own spiritual needs and their own desires, but they were also thinking about the generations to come. I'd like to believe that they were thinking about the generations, as the psalmist says, that have yet to be created, that have yet to be born. In Roman uh, mythology... The deity known as Janus uh, is depicted with two faces on one head. Very odd. While the two faces often possess uh, symmetry and equal proportion, they were positioned in such a way on this one head so that their sight lines were moving in opposite directions. So you had one face on this side that was looking that way, and you had another face on this side that was looking that way. And this was to symbolize Janus's ability to both look and see the past as well as to look and see the future. Janus was the god of transitions. Janus was the god of beginnings and endings. In Latin, the name Janus literally means gate or passageway, which corresponds to the deity's role of overseeing moments in life when we experience some sort of change or some sort of threshold experience. Of course, many of you know the name Janus is also where we get the name for this month, January. January marks the ending of the previous year and marks the beginning of a year that is on the horizon. On this historic day in the life of this congregation, in this threshold moment when our congregation marks its 175th anniversary, I'm inviting us to look both ways. I'm inviting us to look in both directions. When we think about anniversaries, we often think about looking back, and it's appropriate to do so. And as members and friends of this congregation, we do, in fact, on this day, look back, and we celebrate God's fidelity and faithfulness to us throughout all these years. In worship, in fellowship, in in youth group, in Sunday school, in small groups, in Bible studies, in friendships that have emerged throughout the years in this community. Friends that we're sitting near or next to even now. In baptisms and, and confirmations and sermons and communion and hospital visits and pastoral care and weddings and funerals and ordinations, and commissions, and global partnerships, and in a continuation of dignified and steady service to our most vulnerable neighbors, in advocacy for justice, and mercy, and inclusion, and peace. God has been faithful in all these things. And we've also seen God's faithfulness in the places where we've gotten it wrong. And our history is not perfect. We've gotten it wrong. We've missed the mark from time to time, places where we didn't bear witness to the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the places where God has forgiven us, though, and God has changed our hearts and changed our minds so that we would be more aligned with the will of God. In all of this and in so much more, God has been faithful. And so we look back today and we remember the truth that God's name has indeed endured for generations. But when marking an anniversary, it's not only appropriate to look back, it's also appropriate to look ahead. I think the psalmist was looking in both directions. The rabbi will have to confirm this for me. But remembering the faithfulness of God in the past, the psalmist anticipates a future Where God's grace and God's salvation will be made known. Verses 13 through 17 looks ahead to what God will do. This is the version from our pew Bible. You will rise up and have compassion on Zion. The nations will fear the name of the Lord, for the Lord will build up Zion. God will appear in glory. God will regard the prayer of the destitute and will not despise their prayer. God will do these things. God will be faithful in the future because the future belongs to God. The psalmist knows that future generations will be blessed by God's faithfulness remembering again these words, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet unborn may praise the Lord. On this 175th anniversary, we not only look back and reflect on God's faithfulness throughout the years, but we also look forward and trust that God's faithfulness and grace will lead us on. We not only remember that the the generations that have come before us, but we're also mindful of the generations that we baptize today and the generations after that that are still to come. And so we look to the past with gratitude. We look to the future with hope. And as we do, I think our mandate as a church, as a congregation, becomes clear. To bear witness to God's faithfulness in our generation. In our time. To bear witness in our generation to the great ends of the church, the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of humankind, the shelter, nurture, and spiritual fellowship for the children of God. The maintenance of divine worship the preservation of the truth, the promotion of social righteousness, and the exhibition of the kingdom of God to the world. So beloved, may our generation continue to be faithful to the God who has been and will be faithful to us. And may we do our part and steward this precious gift that God has sought fit to to give us this gift of one another, this gift of this congregation, this First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta. And may we continue by God's grace to humbly follow Jesus Christ for the sake of his gospel, for the sake of his world, and let this generation, with gratitude and with hope, say, Amen.